Welcome to the Liberty Mom Show, part of the Loving Liberty Network. Thank you for joining us today. Liberty Moms are the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their children, their family, and their communities. I'm Chris Kimball hosting today, and I'm pleased to have on uh, a couple of Liberty Moms, Sophie Anderson and Jennifer Orton, here to join me. And uh, it's been a few, it's been a couple of weeks since they were here last, and we've got some updates on some of the work that they've been doing trying to make sure Utah has safe and secure elections. And so I appreciate the work, the endless hours I know that both of you put into this. So thank you for joining me today. And uh, we want to talk about what's going on, but give us a little bit of background about what you've been doing before you. you know, go into what we're going to share today. Just a okay, little. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> what have we not been working we on? We have been really good right. at annoying people the last couple of weeks. Um, I would say probably the thing we're tackling at the moment that it has the biggest impact for Utah is we are doing many grammar requests for different aspects of the election data. Yes. Um, for example, I've worked on the get, trying to get the project backup database, which apparently has ruffled quite a few feathers in the biggest of ways. Um, Sophie's been, you want to tell me what you've been yeah, looking for? Yeah, um, just um, requesting ballot images, tabulators. Um, Jen and I are both working on the CVR reports. Um, vi- we've asked for video surveillance of the ballot boxes. Yeah. And we have been astonished and amazed by the responses and the collaboration that seems to be going on Um with how they're responding to us. Yeah, we've actually found documentation that the lieutenant governor's office is directing the counties to withhold the information from us and actually giving them responses that they can copy and paste or tweak if needed to make sure we don't get it. So there's the interference being run by the lieutenant governor's office, who is the overseer of the elections in the state of Utah, to stop citizens from getting it's funny because they always say well just show us that there's prove us you know tell us that there's not show it right so you guys are doing the legal route which is to gather the information through email so grandma request is government records access management act okay management act and so that's a law that was put into place maybe 10 12 years ago to make sure the public can get access to information that government employees are involved with, with their jobs. So you can request emails. Is it beyond emails, the grandma? Um, You can ask for emails. You can ask for texts. I mean, with this video surveillance, I'm asking for hundreds of hours of video surveillance. Um, Is any record attachment communication, zoom meetings recorded? I mean, 
But but then again, they're going to fight that. They're going to argue that. So that's something that's kind of up for grabs here in the next legislative session, I think, is they're trying to limit that as we're trying to um, utilize every resource we already have in place. Yeah, so you're yeah, using the law, and yet we have a lieutenant governor who is impeding that information, is trying to restrict that information, but yet she's the same person who will tell you that Utah has the gold standard in elections, but yet they're trying to prevent you from verifying that. Exactly. And that's interesting because I think back around in November of 2021, um, Lieutenant Governor Henderson, and this was, by the way, was retweeted by Governor Cox, actually says election integrity is a top priority for my office. And Jen and I have a really hard time. (laughs) She has made it a top priority because she's hearing any type of of exposure, any type of viewing from the public to see if there is a problem with the election integrity. Yes. And I just want to give the depth and the scope of how we're being subverted. Um, It's it's almost a daily, it's a daily situation on how they're trying to thwart our access to, we know it's a fact that the public owns this data. We own it. It we says have, it on the grandma website itself. It is yes. the public's information. It, we own this. And there is this constant narrative being put out by the county clerks and the lieutenant governor that due to contracts with um, certain election um Vendors. vendors that they cannot give us this information and we know this is a lie well and it's gone so far i mean for me like for the database at um i've even gotten an a, an email sent or you know a, a letter from ESNS, which is the software company ESNS's attorney saying i basically can't can't have access so there's not only collusion but it alters vendor to stifle our opportunity to get this data. I mean, it's like, why is ESNS's lawyer responding to my grandma request? I mean, wow, really? And, and, and the funny part was, is in there, it actually mentioned federal codes that they believe my request would be violating. And they are considering me, and this is not part of the letter, but they're treating this and considering it like I'm the security threat. And even co- I think even copied sheriffs on the response back to me with my emails. I'm like, what? Well, well, I think that's part of an intimidation, don't you? It, well, and this leads right to your point. Um, you know, the fact that we, our governor, came out in a public statement and said um, in December, I think it was December 16th, Governor Cox came out and said anyone questioning elections are playing a very dangerous game and he he um he branded us as conspiracy theorists um in that same article and so i from jen and i's experience what we're experiencing from these grammar requests that have to do with elections we believe governor cox when he says we are playing a dangerous game because we've experienced our own threats that is I took that as a threat when I read that. Everyone else I know took that as a threat. People who didn't even know we worked on elections were like, wow, this is really pretty serious for state officials to come right out and say that we're playing a very dangerous game if you're, if you're even questioning this. At the same time that they're saying 
election integrity is our top priority. And here's the thing. Lieutenant Governor Henderson, just the week or so before on December 6th, was published saying that this these people that were doing canvassing, that she had sent the FBI after these people. So here we have Lieutenant Governor Henderson sending the FBI. We discussed earlier on your shows that the director of elections, Justin Lee, has sent the FBI Department of Homeland Security, DPS, after somebody who asked about pre-programming on the machines. And then we have Cox saying you're playing a dangerous game. We're going to believe him because when I, even when I sent my latest grammar request about the database, within an hour, listen to this, within an hour of me even submitting the request, I was contacted by a questionable and hostile, in my opinion, hostile reporter from Salt Lake Tribune. So my question is, is number one, who leaked the information? That is not public record at this point. And number two, who gave him my private information, which is not accessible to anyone else except through that grammar request? So where is the leak and why? I mean, these threats are very real. And and I think, Jen, would you agree that the minute we start, so I think they were kind of like, okay, these moms are doing a few grammar requests, kind of just trying to figure things out. Everything's okay. We're still okay. We're still okay. We're holding up the narrative. We're going to delay. The, we're going to delay. delay we'll just delay and They'll eventually go away. We'll They'll charge them so much they can't afford it. Yes. Yes. So all of these tactics, right? Well, they obviously don't know Jen and I very well. Um, This only spurred us on and energized us to no end. And so we have realized the minute you start requesting um, election uh, data and anything having to do with how the election was actually run, um, they panic because they know that we know that if we get these grammar requests, we are going to be able to prove what did and what didn't happen in Utah's elections, county by county. And so I think, and Jen thinks, that they are panicking and there is a um there is definitely collusion and collaboration between the lieutenant governor's office and 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 most of the county clerks wouldn't say all of them to subvert us and make sure we do not get this information well and then the 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 tribune writer um i won't mention names but i'll just say that it's generally my policy to not speak to reporters whose initials are bs but um <laughs> i mean there's my first clue i don't want to talk to you <laughs> but um you know he, he, his question was who are you working for which national leaders are you who are you affiliated with you know which state do you live in i'm trying to track you down i mean yeah and i was like wow like are we over target or what like let's yeah go. i think i think they're just amazed that a group like you said moms citizens are so engaged and and rightly so. I mean, ladies, I am so thankful that you're out there doing what you're doing because there is nothing that's more um, sacred and needs to be more secure than our election process. And there's nobody that should be afraid of letting everything be exposed about the election process. It's It should be transparent. It shouldn't be hidden and I don't understand, well, I mean, it doesn't take much thought process. If you were not guilty of something, you would be totally fine with letting everything be looked at, okay? There would not be a problem, obviously. 
but they're very, they're acting guilty. And so it's just their behavior is what is so um, making it look like, yeah, we do need to see that now. Exactly. And to your point, Chris, we, um, Jen and I have the absolute honor to be working with Representative Phil Lyman on this election integrity um, issue. And he, um, he, he, maybe he didn't coin it, but we, when he said it, we just fell in love with it. He says we have a crisis of confidence, not only in this country, but in our state. And, um, what the actions of the lieutenant governor, our governor, a few county clerks, um, they're doing nothing to, um, decrease or repair um, our crisis of confidence. Every action they have taken so far is only um, bolstering that opinion. I would agree. I would agree. It's a crisis of confidence. Uh, who who feels good about having their their vote cast? In fact, okay, I have to tell you, I did my homework since the last time you both were, <laughs> and I emailed the Salt Lake County clerk, and I educated them in my email and said, "Wow, hearing <laughs> about all the potential fraud." That's attached to mail-in ballots. Please cease and desist, decease mine right now. I do not want it in the mail. <laughs> Yay! Excellent. Everybody so should do that. And said, "Okay, no more ballots coming to you." And I'm like, "Great, thank you." <laughs> I need to have my ballot floating around in a postal system that is totally unsecure and has so many different levels of potential fraud. Forget it. No. Well, and you know, what's interesting, Chris, is that some of the data that we have been able to get from the counties and some of this, we don't even have to gram it. It's just on their websites. And there's, there's been people in Utah, there's a team of people that have done some amazing statistical analysis. It's alarming, but thing, I'll just put it this way. Things are not adding up any way we're looking at it at all. Exactly, Jen. I mean, haven't you been a star? I mean, it's their own data they're giving it's, us, and we're like, this doesn't even work. The numbers don't add up in 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 a in a lot of counties. I'm like, is there a county in Utah that ran a clean and integritous election? But again, we go back to the fact that I do not believe all of these county clerks are, com- are, are, no. are, are consciously complicit in this. I I do want to give a shout out to one one county. I won't say which one, but. This lady was amazing. She literally wrote to me this week and she, and she, I said, I'm really sorry about all these requests. I know it takes a lot of time. And she said, I am so grateful for what you guys are doing. It has helped me figure out that our process is broken in so many ways. And I have been implementing things so that in the future we can do it better. And I thought, oh my gosh, I love that. Yes. yes. I love that. So we are in no. Yeah, I don't understand why everyone, every clerk doesn't have that thought process of like, wow, what could we do better? Exactly. For showing us where there's problems so that we can do better in the future. Uh, yeah, and then you get the other county clerks. They're, you know, copying with their county commissioners, sheriffs on them, and having lawyers from ESNS write and, yes. you know, basically letting us know that there's pending litigation. And I'm like always thinking, from me to you or for you to us like i'm not really sure who's suing who but it sounds interesting yes yes and and i just want to for the viewer for the listeners and for you chris 
we, you know, when we got into this, we were just wanting to do our part to bring back election integrity for our state because we love our state. We are, it's, it's a sacred honor and duty to be able to vote and have your vote counted. Um, I have been so, um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I feel so wonderful that the actual data um, confirms what we've all been thinking, feeling, and seeing with our own eyes and, and being told like, no, 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 everything's beautiful. Everything's perfect. We're the gold standard. And to be able to actually look at the analysis that others have done um, on the data, on the election returns for Utah, and know without a doubt that they were not run in the way that is Mm -hmm. clean and integrative. And we would love to show any county clerk. I mean, there's, like I said, we got a team of people we work with that have worked tirelessly for the last year and a half. We would love to show each county where the you know where the weaknesses are yeah um what we're finding i mean again the, the the goal is to make the gold standard we would love that too we it sounds like we have a common goal but we'll never get to that gold standard unless we investigate and see what's really going on at every touch point exactly exactly and and um you know there has been this um i feel like there's this uh this push to say, and, 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 I, and I've encountered this in the legislature and as well, just Utah citizens, um, that, you know what? Okay, going forward, let's make sure our elections are the gold standard. They're perfect. They're wonderful. And I'm just going to go back to one of Phil Lyman's points. We cannot move on if we don't fix what happened in 2020. Nothing that we do moving forward is going to matter if we don't fix what happened in 2020. And so um, I'm, I'm hoping that it won't come to having to say people uh, acted nefariously in 2020, and that's why the data is showing this. It would be so much better and and would bolster confidence if, we're, if we have a, a, a governor and a lieutenant governor and county clerks that would come together with people like Jen and I, people like Phil Lyman, people that we work with, and say, okay, what have you found? How can we improve our processes? How can we improve our procedures so that we're sure a 2020 doesn't occur again? Because in Jen and I's mind, it's ridiculous to run elections in Utah, uh, these local races and our governor race and lieutenant governor race um, without fixing what happened in 2020 because we have no power. Our our vote doesn't count. Right, and... Again, it gets back to the elected public servants serve you. They serve me. And they should be super transparent. They should be, like you said, let's sit down together and see what needs to be fixed. What have you found? What can you help us that we haven't seen? Because, you know, they step into these positions. This isn't something that happened overnight. This is this is in a long process of of planning to, first of all, get these machines in every state, you know, get the whole ballot initiative by mail. Utah was a little early on that, but um, we, we seem to jump onto these new programs that are uh, designed to hinder the vote versus, yep. um, you know, we're all about convenience versus secure votes. And we well, and it's- to having secure elections. Exactly. I mean, I think about it, like if I had a problem with my checking account 
and I had a number and my bank had a different number, what is the crime in me going to the bank and saying, can we sit down and figure out where my 72 cents went? You know, I mean, isn't that just logic and common sense? Except, and and yeah. you know what, yeah. what has been really interesting is all of the people that um, that that have the reputation or as a red state, a conservative state, the people that we would look to to protect our vote, protect our elections are the ones that are fighting us at every turn. I mean, we have a Republican, supposedly Republican conservative governor, um, lieutenant governor, and they are the ones that are putting up the biggest fight for election integrity and making threats. I mean, whether they intend to or not, they are acting upon those threats. I mean, let me put it this way. I've had men on my doorstep. I've had my neighbors be questioned about when I'm home and what I'm doing. Um, We've been surveilled while sitting in restaurants and recorded and followed. Um, This all happened beginning the week of these threats. Now, are they related? We can't prove that. Um, it's the same time we made the grammar request. It's the same time the Tribune was after us. It was the same time these threats come out. And we can't help but sit back and go, gosh, you know, you weren't joking. You know, if you were telling me this was D.C., Washington, D.C., I would be going, wow, yeah, okay, I, I would expect that. But this is Utah. This is Utah, and we have, there are others. It's not just us. We are coming public with it. There's another one I hope comes out pretty soon who's got an incredible story. But there are others here who literally have had their computers hacked, their homes broken into, their data stolen, their hotel room raided. I mean, this is, it's this is very real. So when Cox comes out saying, you guys are playing a very dangerous game, our response is, yes, we are, but you started it. What was dangerous is what you did or what we think you did in this election. Yes. I mean, the dangerous game is the minute you start compromising the law and the minute you start doing things that you're afraid get exposed. Exactly. Exactly. And and to me, I'm just going to get put it right out there. I don't even care anymore. I mean, I don't know if we can be threatened any more than we have been. So, um, you know, in my opinion... Governor Cox is an installed governor. He did not win. He has been put there. And, 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 and I have, I, uh, that's how I feel about it. And we, and, and if we can get the data, then we will know if that's true or not. And, and let it, let us know. Let's and, find out. And Governor Cox, wouldn't you love to prove me wrong? Like, give us the data that we are we are privy to so that you can prove that you are a rightful um, governor. Like yeah. stop all the rumors. That should make stop. you feel good to know that all those people really did vote for you. Yes. Yes. And then we could stop well, this game. All right, ladies, we're going to take a short pause. We've got more. to. There's a lots more to discuss with this, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back shortly with the Liberty mom podcast. Stay with us.
Welcome back to the Liberty Mom Show. We're excited that you would join us today. We're having a fascinating discussion with Sophie Anderson and Jennifer Orton about our own Utah swamp. I have to just call it what it is. We have a swamp and we have um, uh, people in elected office who do not want to share or be transparent. They don't want to follow the law. The law is if a citizen wants to request government records, that they are entitled to get those records by law. And our governor, lieutenant governor, and now with the collusion of some of the county clerks, they're prohibiting that information that is your public information. This is you, the public, that are entitled to this information. They're prohibiting that from happening. And on the last, just before the break, uh, there was, Sophie made a comment about the idea that why wouldn't the governor want to just come out and clear up the air about whether he legally won in the primary or not, right? Why wouldn't you, you know? And so, um, I don't know. I have, I've got my own conspiracy theory. It's, It's my own thought process, but I found it really interesting that somehow Governor Cox, who was Lieutenant Governor at the time when he decided to run for governor, he knew to go out and start campaigning in May of 2019, months and months and months and months, about seven months before anybody else even decided to jump in the race. And somehow he knew, he had an idea that something might happen where everything might shut down and you wouldn't be able to talk to people, talk to delegates, whatever. So he went out way early, went to every city, and got a boatload of supporters and delegates way early before even election season. And I thought that was really interesting how seven months later or eight or nine months later, when we get into you know January and February, all of a sudden everything is shut down. And that hindered all of his opponents who were running for governor. But yet he could sit back and he didn't hold any events during convention During the primary, he just sat back and, you know, ended up becoming governor. I just thought that was really interesting. Like maybe he knew that he already had it in the bag type of um, situation. You know, Jen and I always go back to the bill that was passed in 2013, um, SB 0025. And anyone who wants to look it up, it's fascinating. Um, In in that bill, in a state of emergency, the lieutenant governor gets to run the elections. So way, way back in 2013, miraculously, this bill passes. Let's fast forward. To- and, and again, let's remember that Cox was not elected in 2013 to be the lieutenant governor. He was appointed. He was That's appointed. important. He was appointed and was lieutenant governor when this bill was brought to the floor and and, and presented to the legislators. So let's let's mm-hmm. think about who might have had something to do with drafting that. Um, let's fast forward to the 2020 elections. Um, we've got this um, scandemic that occurs, and guess who gets to run their own election? Yeah. Cox gets to run his very own election. Isn't that so convenient? That was so that, lucky. I mean, the odds of that. Is that part of the gold standard? The gold standard <laughs> is you get to run and be in charge of the election process. That's the gold standard in Utah. <laughs> I 
that is just, I love that. That's about as gold as a golden yeah. as it gets. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't top that one. Well, and and um, you know, I don't know if anyone else was noticing there was a very concerted effort to keep Utah in a state of emergency all during these months of leading up to the election. Um, and, and there was really no valid data or reason to keep us in a state of emergency. Well, I mean, and I know even at a county level, uh, we, along with a great team of people, were able to refute almost all the hospital numbers using the hospital's own numbers. Exactly. I mean, go on the website and you're like, wait a minute, what's being presented is yes. not what's being re- recorded. Exactly. And Why? Right. Exactly. All the numbers were inflated. They were um, they were telling citizens like um, the hospitals are overrun. I'm not going to get into detail, but um, a family member works at a hospital and the this narrative was not true in any way, shape or form during these months. But again, you have to do that to keep keep the keep the emergency going. Yeah. And, and I could be wrong. Someone would have to really look into this. I do not think that the state of emergency that was declared has been withdrawn. I think we're still in a state of emergency as we speak. And I believe that they're going to keep the state of emergency until after the 2022 elections. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if that is the case or not, because they passed SB 195, which finally they had to put an end and then if the governor wanted to extend it, he, they had to have permission by the legislative body. So I don't know if we're really in that. I'm not sure. I'm not clear on that. If we're really. Not sure I'm not. I'm not sure. Either. We're not sure either. If any. Yeah. We'll, we'll need to dig into that. But I mean, I'm waiting like any day now for something to to be the well, shoot and like, oh, we've got an emergency because we've got a several cases of sore throat and whatever. It's, well, I don't know if anyone saw yesterday that um, our state epidemiologist came out and said something. I don't have, it's, I'm not quoting it exactly, but um, the numbers are rising. It's very, very scary. If you have not found the time to go get vaccinated, please go get vaccinated. Um, I saw that Cox uh, retweeted or reposted that um, statement and is in my mind pushing the narrative that we are on the brink of utter chaos and everything is going to fall apart and everyone's going to die and it feels very convenient to me at the same time that we're being told don't ask questions because if you do you're in trouble yes. and we'll come after you so yes. I mean people ask the questions Exactly. We, we need now more than ever to ask the questions. You are so right. You are sorry. And, and this is not even just about election integrity. Ask the question, why am I being forced to wear a mask when the numbers, uh, according to their own numbers, have masks been helpful in any way, shape or form? Right. No. So why why is this um, this control being exerted upon the people of Utah? Like, Well, I... This epidemiologist that we have, well, so it's not Angela Dunn because she's over Salt Lake County, right? So it's the state epidemiologist. Correct, correct. Um, Yeah, because I guess they haven't figured out that there's numerous vaccinated people that are getting sick. I just um, talked to a couple of people today who just tested positive for COVID and they're fully vaccinated. 
Okay. And so why are they leaving that out, that the vaccine, and they, they've already come out and said the vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. It's just going to minimize it. Okay. But, um, yeah, you kind of wonder what is, because they, they do like to throw interference to cover. I mean, that's, again, that's a D.C. tactic. That's done in D.C. all the time. They throw out these stories so that you don't pay attention to what's being passed in Congress. And unfortunately, Utah follows that same game plan, unfortunately. You know, we would think that, you know, we have a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of people in the legislature that are members of a certain religion that supposedly is based on honesty. (laughs) And yet, um, here we are. I mean, we have problems. So right now, you are both working on grandma requests. And what are we doing moving forward? What, what are your plans moving forward? Well, we got a couple of things that are huge in the works. Um, again, I think the biggest thing is the election information. It's, it's, it's now a battle over the contract. I've, I've been told that ES&S owns, which is the software company for 27 of the 29 counties in Utah, that they own all of Utah's data. But then ES&S in their lawyer writing in, indirectly admitted that they do not own the data. So it's kind of a, a very interesting thing i think it's going to end up probably having just to end up in court to get that one decided but other than that why would they make an agreement why would our elected officials make an agreement that takes away the data from the people and from them i yeah i don't think they they did i think it's just an excuse yeah i i don't think they thought these average citizens would ask the questions and more importantly that they didn't think that we had the stamina to put up this nine month and growing fight. And I'm telling you, and every day that goes by and every denial and rejection and, and, and it, like insanely ridiculous letter I get from these lawyers, it energizes me. Sophie and I are like, you know what? You are making us more determined than ever to get truth out there because it's just ridiculous. Like it's, we're not stopping. There's nothing will stop us. Exactly. And, and to Jen's point, the date, um, the data is so, so important, but in our minds, the cover up is as or more important. Like if, if, if they would just give us the data, we would go away. <laughs> and so here, and it, and this again, it's, it's not, <laughs> we will. <laughs> This all ends. Just give us the data. Just give us yep. the record. That's all we want. We'll go away. Well, and again, we go back to, you know, Cox never having any responsive records. It's, uh, Henderson's office for having problems getting the same thing. And this is interesting. Um, one of the grammar record officers who works at the Capitol for one of these top offices, I don't know if he... in realized he told me this, but he he did tell me that the governor's lawyer came in and basically told him to stifle almost all the requests 
that if we don't give the exact date and who the email was to, who the email was from, and what the subject was, subject line even, we can't have it anymore. So I'm like, really? Um, wow. So they're thwarting this on that end. They're playing these games. We've got records of everything. We feel good about the process we put in place, Sophie and I, to, to ask the right questions. But it's getting to that point, and it's probably a good time to bring up that the next legislative session, somebody has introduced a grandma bill that takes away almost all of our rights to access this information anymore. And I can't help but feel like our governor and lieutenant governor would support that full full uh, force. They probably they probably drafted it or helped draft it. I so mean, so who's dra- who is put in that bill? So Andrew Stoddard is um, sponsoring this bill. Um, I Jen and I feel like we're this is kind, we're kind of in crisis mode. We cannot let this bill pass. If this bill passes, the people of Utah have no protection, no tools, no ability. So again, this would be we will have lost our ability to have a vote that counts, and we have lost our access to public data. We are one hundred percent helpless especially in Salt Lake County where we can't even have a sheriff's office that can help us, yes. you know, with these prosecute these type of things. So we are at a very crucial moment in Utah right now. Yes. Well, and so um, I, I wish I had the, I wish I had the bill number to be able to say it's not on the top of my head, but the sponsor is Andrew Stoddard. It's all about um, getting rid of the grandma, um, uh, citizens, grandma uh, rights. rights. Well, I, just from historical context, when they tried to tweak the grandma bill, like I say, back in, it was like 12 years ago, 10 or 12 years ago, which is before Andrew was in the legislature, there was a firestorm, okay, because that affects the media, you know, and so the media who has access to print, they totally tore up the legislature when that bill got passed, and they had to go and come back. I'm trying to remember if it was right after the session they came back and and undid what they were trying to do, but it was a firestorm. And so the media was not happy with that because anything that they do to act to decline or not allow them, you and you and Jen to do your thing, it it prohibits them as well. Correct. I, I totally see your point. I think one of my issues with this um, is that it seems now the other side or the people that are not pro election integrity, transparency, whoever they are, it feels like they own our media now. And so I don't know how this is all going to work out. I, I worry that the media um, personalities, the journalists that would otherwise be fighting the this grandma bill they are in a compromised situation a lot of them and so i i worry that it's gonna take the citizens of utah to show up in mass to fight this yeah i mean everybody no matter what needs to write to their legislators at all levels and say this is not acceptable we do not support this and i don't care which side of the fence you're on we have to protect our rights to information Either way, for, you know, for, for everybody, we cannot let this go. And I think the most maddening part of this is we as um, citizens, we 
own this. We own these records. Um, and so it, it is such a violation of our rights. Now, there is some good news here. Um, Representative Phil Lyman, you see the pattern here? Everything awesome seems to have <laughs> Phil Lyman's name attached to it. Yeah. But um, he is working with some legislators, but he is sponsoring an election integrity bill which is phenomenal. I think there are several of those coming down the pipeline, and we applaud every single legislator who's had a part in that. I know Rep. Lizenby's worked hard and Mike Peterson and other people like that. But uh, Phil's bill also includes, I, I love this, right, free, oh, no, I don't know if this is Phil's bill, but one of the bills includes free grammar requests for elections. Oh, my goodness. You, you know that's got our vote here. <laughs> I'm like, whoever came up with that, kudos. Yes, oh, my yes. Ex- exactly. And and just to, um, writing that thought, Phil is also sponsoring a grandma bill that um, Jenna and I are, we, we are determined to make sure that any loophole, um, backdoor, a uh, deal cannot be, be done with these grandma requests. And we are working with um, the... Um, the state records committee as well to say, give us your input on this bill. You know, let's, let's get everything tight. I mean, we need more penalties, more stringent penalties. We need tighter deadlines. We need lots of loopholes closed. And I, that's going to be there. So we're going to, it's literally going to be black versus white on this next legislative session. It's like we lose it all or we gain it all. Exactly. And, and just to give an example of what a loophole Jen is referring to, um, I did a request to um, Davis County. And they have gotten back to me that my request, I will not receive a response to my request or get the records that I requested for six months, for six months. So in, in my mind, yeah, yeah. And, and the problem is our- after legislative sessions over. Yes, yes. And these are very um, revealing, important communications that I've asked uh, specifically dealing with our elections. So that's interesting. But um, the problem with our current grandma laws is they have no teeth. They have no teeth. You, They can tell me that they can't give me these records for six months. Um, and then it's all done in good faith. And the most we can get, which we may be able to get this first uh, uh, person is in the process, is a class B misdemeanor. Is the, is the worst they can have that happens. And that's just absolutely ridiculous, especially like you've known before, we've talked about uh, Sherry Swenson's office, you know, charging almost $100,000. Well, even if the price wasn't the issue, this has gone on for six months. They've prohibited this information for six months and they are burning up the 22 month retention policy for this election data all they have to do is drag their feet and there's nothing in the law right now that says they can't and that's a really big problem except and um there's not there's not a third party for any grammar request they the the person you're doing the request to they can kind of give you whatever they want or not give you whatever they don't want. There's no accountability there, like a third party unbiased watching how these are being processed. So they literally, the process is, and we have this in writing at many, many different agencies, they will literally go up and say, excuse me, Governor Cox, do you have any text messages that might have the word vaccine in them at this time? And he'll be like, I don't recall any, or any person, I don't recall any. And then they walk away. 
And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then we get a, a, a response that says, no records responsive for your grammar requests. And so we're like, so they're wait, just doing that, they're doing like a verbal, like, oh, just, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, all, all in good faith. All in good it's faith. All in good faith. For the text messages and things like that, the emails sometimes are a little bit different with IT departments, depending on the department, but literally that's the first step. So I'm like, wait a minute, we've got the people in office are saying what can and what they have and don't have, which we're trusting them. But then these are also the people who have the ability to vote to not let us get their records again. (laughs) I mean, like, wait a minute, this is way too much power. I mean, it is okay. Honestly, let's give them credit where credit's due. It's the perfect racket. It's the perfect racket. I mean, I have hats off to them. They have figured it out. Um, you know, but it, then again, so have we. Yeah. <laughs> so we are figuring it out. Um, and and uh, just just interestingly, um, I have done, and I've said this before on your show, but just to reiterate, and and I've received more actually since the last show. Um, I have, I think I'm up to 26 grammar requests um, for Cox and other members of the legislature, um, uh, Deidre, uh, our lieutenant governor, just various people. Um, I actually have five in for um, between him and his chief of staff, and there are no records responsive. So, Chris, this is one more thing that your listeners may find very interesting. We are also realizing that at the highest levels in our Utah government, there are secret code words that you have to use to get the information you want. So, for example, if I want to ask for a specific thing like a voter roll, I can't ask for a voter roll. I could, but my answer would be don't have it. So we would have to know the exact technical jargon name. Sometimes in quotes, sometimes in not. Code word. Code word. And the code word for the lieutenant governor's office, I'll just say, does not match the code word for Salt Lake County. Oh, interesting. So there, there's another another little layer of the yes. onion there. Yes, they cut, they they've developed their own language, it seems, to to get around giving some records. But we have the gold standard. Just like the tower, they have like total <laughs> languages. Exactly. Thinking up new languages. And again, yeah. Well, I mean, why are we having lawyers come in and tell these grammar records officers to make it harder for the people? I mean, wouldn't a lawyer's job be to help the law get made for the way it was intended? I mean, the law was given for the rights of the people. We have that right to this information by law. So Jennifer, we are we're in the final minute or so of our program. Is there anything that we need to let our listeners know that they can do in order to help what you're doing? Yes, um, I'm going to jump for a second to the mo- the biggest, most crucial thing at the moment right now is the Utah ballot initiative. We have one month. It is being spearheaded with Utah Freedom Coalition. Can get you all the information we need to collect. 150,000 signatures or more in the next month. It is so crucial. What it will do is give us one vote for one person. We get rid of mail-in balloting, um, in-person voting. It is the biggest thing we can do right now that will make the biggest difference on securing the integrity of our elections from here on. Please do the ballot initiative at Utah Freedom Coalition. So Utah Freedom Coalition is where our listeners Um, 
if they go there and they can they can fill out a little form for more contact information, somebody will reach out to them and let them know how to be signing that petition. And is um, that look dot it org, dot org or dot com? I believe it's dot org. Freedomcoalition.org. Either way, look for that. Either way. Uh, Jennifer and Sophia, thank you for joining us today and sharing your update on on um, your ability to try to lighten, shed light on our election process. I so appreciate that. And we'll get you back again another time. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Moms. And we'll check in with you next time on the Loving Liberty podcast. 